Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at You got to listen to your heart, listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message and we found it from the heart. Believe it, believe in yourself. Well, that's the place to start. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day where we can learn to work and play. And get along with each other. What a wonderful kind of day. Hey! What a wonderful kind of day. Hey! (laughs) Sebastian from Little (laughs) Mother. That is the Arthur theme song. Oh, I don't know. You don't know the Arthur theme song? Mm Mm-mm. Damn. I'm older than you. It doesn't matter. I'm also childless. <laughs> it still doesn't matter. Yes, it does. I didn't watch Arthur. You didn't watch Arthur? Okay. No. <laughs> well. I just know that there was some funny looking little girl on that show. DW. All of them, actually. Francine. Oh, well, yeah, they were DW. all. DW. They were all funny They looking. were all animals. Well, I don't know. I feel like I was an adult. I was older when Arthur was on. What When was Arthur on? Maybe 93. I wasn't an adult, but I was, I was. Old. You, I don't know. You were probably somewhere watching the stories that just. You, I was watching as the world. <laughs> I strongly right. believe this. <laughs> Praise the My Lord. My grandmother watched as the world turns. So we watched as the world turns. Mine watched the Price is right, right. So that was our thing. But. Well, the Price is Right was on when we were in school. But when we were home for holidays, Price is Right was a, a time of family gathering. Yes. Convenient. Yes, Absolutely. But yes, praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. All that, all that jazz. What's going on? Oh, not much. Um, what am I? What? What? Oh, what? What have? What's been going on? <laughs> I feel like what? I'm in a haze. I don't. Know. I think it's because I was off of work for for like a week and some change. So I kind of my days started m- meshing together. But uh, I'm good. Um, it's the new year. We're bike with our second episode of the year. I'm excited. I'm excited, excited about 2019, even though it started off very interestingly. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> I am very busy, but grateful. Mm-hmm. And just trying to keep all of these responsibilities in play at one time. I'm trying to press play. I think that's huh? what, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to press play because it's time to start working and I have to get out of like, 
I need to get out of like winter holiday mode. Yeah, I really didn't have much of a winter holiday. Yeah. I worked all while I was at my grandparents' house, my mom's house in Tennessee. Um, just felt like what I needed to be doing. <laughs> so that's what I did. I had my laptop at the kitchen table. You did. As you always getting do. It, getting it done, man. Getting it done. So much to do, man. So much to do. But all good things. Um, all good things. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I'm going to Boston. Oh, Boston. Um, I am... Well, my my supervisor and I are are keynoting or opening. We're keynote the opening keynote at this this uh, professional development meeting. Come on, uh, at Wheaton College. It's like a regional professional development network mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, and they're meeting in Wheaton at Wheaton College on Wednesday of this week. So tomorrow or today, when you guys hear this, I'll be I'll be getting on a plane and going to Boston. So, yeah, I mean, I'm that girl now that, you know, I forget that I have to get on planes. It's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. My. You're so booked. You're so busy. No, I mean, it's just so, like, I really, I, I, I guess it's one of the cooler parts of my work. Um, but it's just taking a lot to get used mm-hmm. to all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really weird. But, um, you know, we get to do these really cool kind of talks. What That's one of the things I really love about being in, like, the scholar practitioner place. If you would just allow me to nerd out for just a Absolutely. moment for my other nerd friends. So, um, conventionally, uh, you know, the thing to do after you get your PhD is to just be a professor again. Mm-hmm. Or to be a professor. I shouldn't say again. Sorry. Um, and that is a very reputable and honorable uh, profession. Um I know for me, one of the things that was really important while I was getting my doctorate was that I wanted my work to have like a real time implication and not solely be predicated on like publishing mm-hmm. in scholarly journals because only scholars read those. No shade. <laughs> but it's true. the average person is not going to pick up the journal of thus and so. Um, Hi, but this is the average a, person. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. But like, I feel like we get to learn really super cool things and we learn how to do research and answer really cool questions. And when we find those answers, I think it's important for us to share those answers with people who actually have those problems. <laughs> I think that's dope. Um, so, yeah, it's really dope. We the, rest, the research that we get to do in addition to publishing it, because this is not me shading publishing, because I very much um, think that that's super important. And it's an activity that I'm currently doing as well. But... In addition to publishing, we get to actually, you know, talk about our research and use it to kind of cultivate different tools and 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 curricula and all kinds of cool things that people who actually work in institutions and are facing real time challenges. We can actually give them solutions in their hands and say, why don't you try this and work? So we get to share some of the cool things we've been learning on the project that I'm managing now at this meeting and. I'm 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 hope I'm psyched I'm psyched as or psyched as the DMV people yeah. as the DMV people would say I'm psyched Joe I'm psyched Well if you may uh, allow I'm psyched I, I appreciate you nerding <laughs> out you know you always have a of space course. to do so If I may nigga out for a moment Please, I'm just appreciative that Kia gets to sit in these spaces so that I can like sneak into some of the other spaces like her dissertations oh, and things like that and hear about so many things that I would not know about otherwise. Mm. 
It's so crazy. But I think it's super important for us to kind of be in these spaces. Hell because, yeah. Not, you not know, kinda, uh, quiet as it's kept. Quiet as it's kept. Um, a lot of the people who I'll be talking to are, are people who have leadership, who lead projects at their institutions, who are in authority, mm-hmm. and who make decisions that, uh, you know, and then develop policy and curriculum and those kinds of things impact black and brown Children. students in classrooms. Mm-hmm. So if I can help them to see some of the ways in which their existing practice may or may not be useful mm-hmm. <laughs> or or helpful or may even be contributing to the problems that they're trying to solve, if I can be useful in kind of illuminating that for them, then, you know, I feel like I can go to go to bed at night thinking that I've done good work. And that's really what I want to do. That's really all that I want to do. what you're doing. I'm and grateful. Th- God is awesome. We're thankful. We're thankful for the work that you're doing because it impacts my child in the future. I mean, it's important. We got to have all we these are the rooms and the tables we got to be seated at. Honestly, I'm just saying, like, we need Kia to have a seat at the table. That's right. Make room. And I am here for me. to try to replace Sonny Anderson and her wigs. That's <laughs> a black woman in the food industry. Well, we totally need that. That, too, is a, that is a need, okay? I am on a we're tired. <laughs> we are tired of Sonny and them synthetic Yo. wigs, as she said, in the microwave, child. I am. We I'm, are sick to I'm death. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to bump her right onto the side. I'm tired of her putting Parmesan cheese in the dressing. She got the gold. They need a real nigga at the chop table. So, <laughs> let's get... Can you imagine Jay being a chop judge? Oh, my God. Like, this is delicious. Not enough salt. <laughs> but... I'd be like, first of all, chop used to be a family-friendly program. <laughs> It still is. <laughs> Holy God! All right, let's do the show. Yeah. we're so dis- we're so easily. We dis- are. I, I have trash. We have trash to get get into. All right, we have basura, basura, cha 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 cha. All right, but we're gonna start off with something positive. Good news, Centoya Brown. Has been granted yeah, clemency. Oh, yes. And I. will be released yeah. August 7th. August. Now, there are some stipulations. She's going to be on parole for a long she time. Is. And, um, you know, there's other things, other conditions. But the good news is that baby will not be in prison for life or for 51 years. That's it. And we, you know, we do want to acknowledge that um, a great amount of her life has been taken from her. Uh, Certainly. And it's at no fault of her own whatsoever. And so, you know, she can't get those years back, and we want to make sure that we acknowledge that. But we are grateful and thankful to see that there's some, you know, some form or whatever you want to call it of justice served, and she doesn't doesn't have to stay locked up until she's 69 years old. Uh, Agreed. So shout out to Governor Bill Haslam. Um who is the person who granted her clemency. Shaquille. Thank you, Governor Bill. Absolutely. And thank you to all of uh, you who jumped in Governor Bill's yes. uh, voicemail inbox and his Twitter feed Rihanna, and his DM. Reagan Gomez. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing your good work and getting your Twitter fingers popping. Absolutely. Um, I really feel like black when black Twitter gets together, <laughs> things 
happen. happen. Okay. So uh thank you all. I know I know my 280 characters contributed to the to the great uh chorus of Absolutely. uh free Centoya as well. So I think that, you know, this this was a very refreshing and welcomed uh bit of good news after, after a heavy several of, days. <laughs> after the after the start, the first week of 2019 yeah, has yeah. been a doozer, mind Jesus. So we'll get into that though. Um mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal and DeAndre Hopkins are going to cover the cost for Jasmine Barnes' funeral. Well, amen. Um, for those who don't, who haven't heard, and I don't know how how you couldn't, Jasmine Barnes is the seven year old who was uh, fatally shot in her car with her mother and her sisters um, in Houston, Texas, in a Walmart parking lot. Um, um, the story was absolutely heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, and I definitely shed tears for Jasmine. Um, and I just, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's wonderful when people who use their platforms, such as DeAndre Hopkins and Shaq, um, to you know, to help out victims' families and things like that when unforeseen occurrences happen and absolutely unnecessary. Um, unforeseen occurrences, things that don't have to happen. Two uh, two people have been brought in custody. They've been caught. Um, and it's not the white man that was initially reported in a red pickup truck. Apparently that was somebody who was trying to flee the scene out of okay. out of uh, fear of his life. Um, it actually was two black men. Are you kidding me? Who mistaken the vehicle for another vehicle for somebody else? Savior God. And uh, they were caught. One of them was caught uh, because he didn't use his turn signal and was pulled over by the police. And then apparently uh, told them where the weapon was. It was at his home, and he is now in custody along with somebody else whose name hasn't been mentioned. So disgusting. Um, we just we just want to focus on Jasmine's family and. Just trying to honor her and keep like things like this are so unnecessary. They're so unnecessary. If we could just think about our actions before we do things, stuff like this doesn't have to happen. Mm, 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 mm. <sighs> Genuine oh, is God. in disguise with a Ruining new beard. Pillowcases around the country. Usher looks like he's oh. about to star in the next Trolls. <laughs> it gets worse. Nick Cannon. Looks like sexual chocolate. <laughs> Listen, what the Nick hell is, is going the one on? That got away, and you are—you would be remiss in not talking about Young Jock. Oh, Young Jock, but Young Jock been on that bullshit for a minute, though. <laughs> no, but this is new. This is oh, some tie-dyed, oh, Easter egg-colored bull. Oh, you haven't seen that, no, ma'am. You—you you know, I only get on I'm the internet let to you look react. at. I'm gonna just let you react. I'm gonna let you see the latest and just react. Okay, let me see here. Holy God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This caption alone. Conk fight. Days after Usher debuts a new do, Young Jock says, hold my beer. <laughs> okay. What the hell is going on? What Young Jock. in the Walmart is this? I am disgusted. Um. What? And amused. What is this? What is the? It's turquoise. It's wrong. 
It doesn't it look like some. I, when I saw it immediately, I made an Insta story about this because it gave me little mo superwoman. Yes. Girl. As soon as da, I da, saw da, it, da, 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 da. I just heard fabulous rapping in the background <laughs> when I saw it. Let's go. And I saw another picture. Young evidently he's been in the gym. He's been working on his fitness. Okay. But we can't even celebrate that because he is out here. Wearing Little Mama's retired wig from 2009. Absolutely. This is something out of the lip gloss video, and I think that it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. His lip gloss is popping. His lip gloss is cool. It's cool. <laughs> I be loving it. I be, I be loving it. I don't be loving it, though. At all. No ba 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 What is wrong with Young Jock? I'm loving this shit, bitch. So listen... There have listen, y'all saw how I reacted to to Usher. Uh, Now, Fran and Latoya both were like, I think he looks amazing. (laughs) And I think that they are with well within their rights to feel that way. But I for one sisters. I think it is absurd. I think it is silly. (laughs) And he looks like a troll. I said it on Instagram. And he actually looks got, like a troll. So like, he got a box kit and let it burn. <laughs> Usher, when the feeling ain't the same and your body don't want to. My hair's been fried, dyed, and blood dried. It's been yes. three years of wear and tear. Of wear and tear. Ooh, girl, what happened what to What happened to your hair? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Just for me. Just for me. No light conditioner. <laughs> beautiful. J-U-S-D-F-R-M-E. Yes, everybody. You <laughs> There's so many. There's PCB. I mean, did y'all so see? PCJ. PC Joyful. PCJ No Lie Relax. The name that mothers trust. Woo, shit. So I don't know. I'm praying for Usher. I want him to go to the barbershop immediately. Yeah. I understand that he's probably expressing some level of latent artist art artistry. Maybe he's channeling his roughness. Dave, okay. Well, ain't nobody coming to see you. No, Otis. they're not at all. And lastly, on the trash. <laughs> oh, and then also, yes, did you see Nick Cannon's Jerry Curl? I did. That's why I was so <laughs> glad to know. That he has cut his hair. Did he? He did. I don't know because it was it was like it still had a little hang time, but like his braids don't really have hang time. So I feel like So I feel like I commented on a recent picture on the shade room where he was shirtless and had a like a haircut, like a low, like a oh, one. Okay. Oh he oh he cut it, cut it. He cut it cut Oh, it. after they called him out for looking like Al <laughs> Sharpton. Looked like he was getting chocolate. ready to introduce Sexual, sexual, sexual chocolate, everybody. <laughs> I believe. I thought he was getting ready. Teach him well and <laughs> let them lead the way. Show them all. Show them all the beauty, beauty they possess inside. They possess inside. <laughs> Give them a sense of pride. Of pride. <laughs> <laughs> to make it easier. <laughs> I've always wanted to be like the man who put the chicken bone in the in the yes! collection plate. That boy, good. That boy, good. That boy good. Do we know who he is? I have been trying to figure that out for years. I decided long ago <laughs> never to walk in anyone's shadow. <laughs> oh, yes. Ooh. Randy Watson. 
No. We are so childish. Oh my we God. are. Okay, last of the trash because we have much to get through. McDonald's employee, Yas Yasmin James. I don't know if you Oh, is that the is that the young lady who hit the Yami with the That's Yami? That's the one who was like, I'm not with the shits. <laughs> cat, cat, cat. I'm not with the shits. So if y'all haven't seen the viral video of the McDonald's employee, um, she was at work and a white man got mad because there were no straws on the counter. So she said, all you got to do is ask for a straw. I know that they're starting to change the laws with straws. And there's my particular coffee shop. You have to ask for a straw if you want a straw because they're trying to save the turtles. So <laughs> this white man got big mad and reached over the counter and snatched her up that. by her, by her let collar. Me tell you, let me tell you 114 Sis. things about the way that I reacted. I was at work, literally had to clutch the handles. You know how, what is it on the work chairs where you have like the armrests? I'm holding on to the armrest like, oh my God. Have you I did too in this. When she started fighting back, have you ever watched a fight and you got your fist balled up and you'd be like, ah, All the time. Like how how you... Yeah, like when you drive, yes. when you riding with someone in the passenger yes. seat and you start breaking. breaking on your yes. side, like, whoa, yes. whoa. Yes. yes, all of that. that. But I was, <laughs> when she said, I'm not with the shits, I was like, get him, bong, get him, get him. <laughs> this, that's how I was holding on to the sides of my chair, like, <laughs> girl, I will hop Ooh. over this, this table. Yo, my girl was not with the shit. She was like, I'm not the And she one, was like, nigga. give me my phone, give me my phone. <laughs> Give me my phone. But the disgusting thing like, is she had to call 911 herself, which the manager looked dumb as hell, but she had to call 911 herself. So she is now pressing charges against McDonald's because the managers listen, do not have proper training. Let it rain. <laughs> McDonald's going to have to let it Get rain. Your can, 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 can. <laughs> Get your things. What's her name? Yasmin. Yasmin, get your things, sis. <laughs> get your things. Yes, Donald's. That's all I'm saying. Honey, it's going to be yes, Make Donald's it yearn. by the time. That's Make it. Make it yearn. I'm not, I am, I am not mad. At all. So she's working with. I will go to Yaz Donald's and order a number I nine. I sure will. Ex- like, I will do it with such, gr- yes, I would like a number nine, In please. my fur, <laughs> sis, with my scarf around my head and my shades on. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Welcome to Yaz Donald's. How may I help you? Let me get a steak. <laughs> so, shout out to Yasmin. Um, you know, we're sorry you had to deal with that, but get your coin, sis. She's working with two black uh, female attorneys. And so, you know, we're all the way behind this. And that man also was charged with a uh, battery. So good. Ow. And that is the trash this week. Let's shout out a sister. Ole. Do it. Our sister's popping right now. Like. All right, Dean, it's time to shout out uh, the sisters. Yeah. We've got a letter or an email, rather, from one of our faithful listeners. I know exactly who this is. I had the opportunity of meeting this young lady at the Friends on Live in D.C. just a few weeks ago. Hey. Uh, she says, greetings, Jade and Kia. Praise the Lord. I saw you both at the Friends on Live, and I must say, I never tire of how you two dominate the Q&A portion <laughs> and take and take 
Zero shots. What? Shorts. Okay, like I always say, either oh shorts, either you get it right or you get left. That's it. Because mm, we won't. We're not playing games any. in these Q and A sessions no more. Listen, because y'all like to get up here and act crazy. Listen, y'all did it for too long, <laughs> and we have put our feet down. Game of groans. <laughs> <laughs> get away from me. Okay. Um. She says, uh, she's, you know, thanks us for sharing our gifts each week and making it useful and entertaining. Um, and, the, and the community that we've created is beautiful. Oh, I agree, sis. We're all out here figuring out Absolutely. together. You are definitely a part and you continue. Thank you so much for the support. Um, so on to the meat of the matter. Oh, she also thanked me because, you know, our sis phone died and she was out there looking for directions to the U Street. So I helped her out. So anytime, sis. And she said also shout out Mouse. Shout out to Mouse for making sure that I made it to my car because he did. He stood in the parking lot and watched me uh, make sure that nobody got me before I got to my Mouse car. Mouse is good people. Mouse is good people, even though, you know, he's not all the way no, saved. We're still praying. We're still praying. Not all the way saved and not all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all said in love, Mouse. <laughs> love you, Mouse. Um, I'm a high school special education teacher in all core subjects, and my school does not have Title I funds despite meeting all requirements for the program, which is just another way of saying that the federal government is out here playing games uh, with these people and their money. So we also have an international uh, baccalaureate IB program, so all too often my students get the short end of the stick. Like many others in my school and the district, um, funding is limited, so it's challenging to give our students what they uh, are so deserving of to help my babies meet their needs. I've started my very first Donors Choose project. Donors Choose is a nonprofit platform that helps public school teachers get resources and funding for field trips by posting projects that include full details and the breakdown of materials and costs, so you know exactly what your donate where your donation is going. Her project is raising money for a classroom set of iPads for literacy instruction and to meet accommodations and services in student individualized education plans or IEPs. <clears throat> I teach students with a myriad of disabilities, some having multiple disabilities, which is not limited to mental and physical health ailments. Several of my students have no access to computers or smart devices where they can complete essays and presentations as a sign. With all of our computer labs in the building containing several outdated and broken equipment, uh, insult meets injury. So these devices also assist students. Um, also helps. Oh, sorry. These devices also assist the students I case manage for with finding post-secondary work and education programs that provide services that may still need uh, that they may still need for their disability. I'm sorry. In addition, this directly aids the research of her master's thesis uh, research on how classroom technology assists special education teachers with increasing students' literacy skills. Um, so, uh, this, she also has a coworker who's created an app for teachers and students that can use, um, that can be used to ask real-time questions about curricula. So, this is her verse, very first project, um, and there's a donation match offer provided when we use the code LIFTOFF um, at checkout. So, only one day is left before the expiration, uh, but the project opened until fully funded. Um, there's also a monthly giving opportunity should the spirit lead any of our siblings in Christ to make their that commitment. All donations are tax deductible. You can also opt in for updates from, um, <clears throat> from my classroom once we receive the materials. So uh, she provided the website and we'll absolutely include that in the description box. Yes. Um, so y'all <coughs> join us in supporting Nadija as she helps the students of her classroom and in her school and in her district um, 
you know, uh, prepare for it, prepare to be successful both in high school and beyond um, in post-secondary education. I think is dope what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm down, you know, to do what we can to put our coins together to help to get these devices in these classrooms. Um, a lot of times this happens where attention and funding is funneled toward, um, you know, high achieving students um, and I, I use that word really loosely because, you know, high achieving students, students who are doing well, and that money is also oftentimes funneled away from students with special needs. So um, I definitely can confirm a lot of the things. I, I can confirm that, you know, the, a lot of these things as described by uh, Nadija are happening at schools across the country. So I think if this is an opportunity for us to do something to help, we should all, all um, we should all, uh, make sure that we do that. Absolutely. So y'all support Nadija as she supports her students. We'll put all the information in the description box. Thanks for listening and supporting the show, sis, and keep up the good work. Yes, and keep us updated on how everything goes. All right. <clears throat> it's kitchen table time. Oh, man. It's time to begin those New Year's resolutions. If your goal for the new year is to revamp your health and wellness, you've got to try it with this week's sponsor, Team Eat. The end of the year can be hectic between holidays, parties, and trips. And all those things can take a toll on your body, honey. Please don't get me started. I done told y'all I walk around feeling like a stuffed sausage in all of my clothes because I ate all of the food. Oh my God, so much butter. Listen, between my birthday and then holidays and child, oh, I am on the cleanse right now because uh, I really feel like some manicotti. Anyway, uh, if 2018 left you feeling sluggish, tired, and bloated, that's a yes for me on all three. The Teamy 30-Day Detox Program is a great way to get back into your routine, and it will have you feeling amazing. You'll have so much more energy in the morning, and you can say goodbye to that uncomfortable tummy bloat that holds you back during the day. Teamy is all natural and the program is so simple for everyone. No matter your fitness level, mine happens to be that of a snail. <laughs> all right. And you can take the cute tumbler with you everywhere you go. You all like to carry your little dogs in your purses. Well, you can carry your Teamy detox tumbler and get rid of the toxins that your body is holding on to with Teamy. Um, I told you all, I live for the detox program. I've been doing it for a few months now and I've never felt better. I feel lighter. I feel like a lot of this holiday waste is going right where it needs to. And it's improved my energy. I'm able to wake up in the morning without feeling so sluggish. Um, it's helped me with bloating. I'm not feeling gross. Like he has said, I don't feel like a piece of manicotti or a very heavy piece of apple pie. So if you're looking for a good cleanse, go to teamyblends.com and use the code GROWN to get 25% off your order. That's T-E-A-M-I blends.com. And use code GROWN to get 25% off your order. All right. Welcome to the Kitchen Table Talk. Um, We want to start the Kitchen Table Talk this week by, first of all, saying, giving a disclaimer um, that we are speaking. We're not doing a recap of Surviving R. Kelly, but we are, we do want, we are going to cover a bit of it and then speak about some of the issues behind um, behind the documentary and how that affects us as a people and what those are. So it's not necessarily about him because we don't want to make this about him, but it's more so about some of those issues. But we will uh, do a small recap. I do um, <clears throat> want to shout out uh, Mandy from Horrible Decisions for inviting me 
along with uh, Jamila and Dr. Michelle, um, who is a sexpert, uh, this week where we did discuss um, the documentary. So I'll post that when you guys can check that out. Um, but Kia and I wanted to get into some because we had a conversation post post uh, watching it and just kind of talked about a lot of the issues that affect us as a people. And we thought it was an important discussion to have. And I know there's a lot of conversation surrounding the documentary and it's been, you know, it's been nothing but the the center of conversation for several days now. But a lot of these things are things that we need to address as a people. Um, there's systemic issues um, and ingrained issues that we need to address as a people. And until those are properly addressed, we're not going to be able to move forward. So Kia and I thought it was an important discussion to have, but we want to let you all know that first and foremost. Um, so I guess we can start with a small recap of the actual documentary. Well, it was all terrible. It was awful. Um, <clears throat> awful. Um, but for those of you who, who don't know or may not have gotten a chance to watch it, it was um, done per... I mean, another thing I wanted to, to add while we were just talking um, was that the producers, uh, the organization... Um, that was responsible for the for the uh, documentary. Yes, um, girls for gender equity um, put together a, a pretty awesome viewer guide yes. um, that really kind of uh, summarizes, you know, the impetus behind the creation of the um, of the documentary and really provide some resources. Mm -hmm. Um, both for survivors and and you know those those um, who view it and just in that also providing some some prompts and questions for future discussion. Um, so this is a really a great resource and we can also include that in uh, the description box as well. But I mean it's it's a it was a docu series that um, features women who. Uh, sharing their stories of their varying relationships and interactions with uh, the musical artist R. Kelly. Um, and I'll just read a piece of the, of the viewer guide that I think says it better than I could. Mm -hmm. So this six-part series is an urgent call to families, communities, and all those who touch the lives of young people, as well as to fans in the entertainment industry alike, reminding us all that we must work harder to protect girls and women. For the first time ever, survivors and people from Kelly's inner circle are coming forward with new allegations of sexual, mental, and physical abuse at his hands. Um, with over 50 interviews, including um, Tarana Burke, John Legend, Sparkle, Wendy Williams, Toure, and uh, Kelly's ex-wife, Andrea Kelly, this docuseries will finally shed light on the secret life um, uh, that the public of of this secret life uh, that the public has never seen before in this way. Um, so, yeah, survivors, persons who have sur survived abusive relationships with R. Kelly, came forward and shared their stories. Yeah, um, <coughs> and it was six parts. It took place January third through the fifth. Uh, each part was one hour, so it was a lot of information. It was six um, hours shared. of heaviness. It was very, very heavy. And I mean, 
I have to be honest that I had to actually make a commitment to continue to watch because Same. I was mortified yeah. after watching the first night. Yes. But part of me was like, you know, in honor to the women who, if I'm scared to watch it, I can imagine what people who actually had to live it must be feeling and facing. Mm -hmm. So I made myself watch it just so I can, you know, be informed. Um, but also in honor of the women who had the courage, courage to share their stories. Um, but it was really, really hard to watch, not only, you know, just for the content and the stories that the women shared, but also the the conversation that has surrounded the documentary and the ways in which people are reacting and responding to mm -hmm. it. And that's what Jade and I wanted to talk about today. So I want to just ask real quick, sis, how are you surviving, surviving R. Kelly? Uh... Are you surviving? Surviving R. Kelly? Sometimes I'm not so sure, but yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I I wasn't gonna watch it. I initially wasn't gonna watch it. I've you know I have a history of sexual. Uh, I had I've I've had a sexual um, assault past, like however you want to say it. Um, and you're a victim. You've been a victim. Yes, of sexual assault. And um, I just I I didn't you know, and we know many of the horror stories uh, surrounding R. Kelly, a lot of the things that we saw were things that we already knew, but we just didn't know in detail. And so it was a very heavy, heavy, heavy uh, few days, a very heavy six hours, and it's been sitting with me ever since. But I think it's so important to talk about because um, I feel like there's so many deeper issues that just are not discussed and they're swept under the rug and just the deplorable comments and things that I've seen recently since it's, since it's aired have just, I, I, I'm, I'm not laughing, like actually laughing. Like I'm truly disgusted by a lot of what I've read, a lot of what I've seen uh, from us as a people, men and women. And it just shows me that there is so much unlearning to do. I mean, just a great amount of unlearning that we have to do as a people because sometimes we have some really fucked up ways of thinking. That's real. Um, you know, even when it comes to, and we've touched and touched on this in the previous discussion that I said we have, but even in the way that we deal with, and we'll talk, we'll talk about uh, some of these things in greater detail, but just even in the way we deal with like young boys, where we tell them, man up, don't cry. You know what I'm saying? Like, or little bitch, or you know what I'm saying? Just things like that that demean that demean them and don't allow them to express their emotions. And then if you didn't know before, if you didn't walk away from this documentary feeling like black girls do not matter, I then we didn't watch it wasn't the same documentary. Yeah, I think what has really could the source of the heaviness that I've been feeling around this is really just that. Um, and even like zooming out and thinking about like, just thinking broadly, like the fact that we live in a society where something like this can go on literally under our noses. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I don't know if it was undetected or we just were. Um, and I say we, because I feel like, I, I too was singing happy people. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, actually I mean I, song, I, I, I take some responsibility in in, you know, just the system, the larger system, the complex system mm -hmm. um of uh, 
culture, like our, our, what kind of culture do we live in where something like this can go on for so long and be unchecked? And it speaks to, like you were saying, um, these larger concepts of uh, patriarchy, mm-hmm. these larger um, entities of, of hate and self-hate and anti-blackness and and just really just all kinds of division um, within the black community between black men and black women um, where I felt like, you know, I live in a world that does not recognize or prioritize the value of black girls mm-hmm. And black women, uh, our value, our safety, our contribution um, is taken for granted and, and, and disregarded in so many obvious ways. And what what has been so, so hard for me to continue to as I continue to think about this is just like this is such a big problem. How do we go about the business of unlearning? Where do we start? Um, and, the, and, you know, what's frustrating is like any, any little thing that we do is going to seem small. Right. Yep. And which is frustrating when we're thinking about the massive machine that's behind like R. Kelly and his illiterate ass really constructed a B613 like operation Absolutely. to sustain his terror. Like this was and like. Still, and let's be clear, this, still has it still has it going. Um, and, 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 and it's so brazen now, um, to where, ugh, I mean, not even now, but like the whole time, like the whole hiding in plain sight concept that kept coming up time and time again throughout the, throughout the documentary, like all of the ways that he articulated, this is what I, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. And we were just downloading streams and buying CDs and concert tickets and everything else. Listen, I said it. I sat Uh, sat in my car every morning before I went into work when Trapped in the Closet first came out. I sat in my car every morning and waited for the new chapter to come out because it was so ridiculous. But it was was so entertaining. And, and, And it just shows you that we live in a society of distraction. You know what I'm saying? And we need to start paying attention to things that are important because I I remember I remember the entire Aaliyah episode. I remember when it was going on. I remember being like, they're married. That's gross. I don't know what I thought. I I was really trying to remember how I felt about it. And I think it was so absurd to me that I just dismissed it. Oh, that can't possibly be true. Like, there's no way. I was like, it's because. There's no way that like, because I mean, especially when you're that age, mm-hmm. like, you know, Aaliyah and I are on, were on the mm-hmm. same age. So I'm thinking like there's no possible way just through my own lived experience. I could not imagine my mother allowing something like that to happen. Absolutely. Not. So it was so absurd to me that I just dismissed it. Like, oh, I mean, well, I saw them together. I remember the video. So episode mm-hmm. where they came out dressed and dressed, dressed alike. alike. And I thought that that was weird because I remember like dressing like your boyfriend was a thing. Mm, yes, I it remember was. that. And they dressed alike and often. I, <laughs> they dressed alike often. So I mean, I I did think that it was like okay, this is weird. But um, again, it I, my my small 
teenage mind couldn't could not comprehend something that crazy and i mean in all full disclosure i lived a very sheltered life it doesn't matter um, it's still so i had no disturbing. concept it was really really i mean yeah so i remember that um and that was one of the i, I knew during the first portion of the documentary i was like oh they're really they're, they're going there because when we started to talk about when they started to talk about the Aaliyah thing and when they actually showed the marriage license I was like, well, well, my mind is already blown and we are literally one sixth of the way through this journey. Um, I mean, I felt like I knew it, but I didn't want to know mm -hmm. it. You know, yeah, it was so crazy. I knew it. And it, it, it it's like to watch it. And, and oh, God, so many thoughts. So first and foremost, her family. Her family, her family. And I said this, and I don't, maybe somebody will have a problem with it. Maybe not. Her family is not not speaking on this situation. Her mother did come out and lie and say that they were not married since we all saw the marriage certificate. <sighs> I mean, it was there. We all it knew it. Right and we there. all, look, look at the body language. Look at how they were acting. Even the, It was all inappropriate. So you're lying. And they're lying not because they're in mourning. We don't want to speak on this because we're in mourning. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that you all know you are guilty and you placed your child in a predator's hands and you allowed this behavior to happen. So for me, just thinking um, about like what that's about, and I think a theme that I saw throughout mm -hmm the stories being told is I feel like there was this great desperation behind yes. every story. Um, there was this hunger, this craving for to just get out of the situation that they were in. Now, I don't necessarily know um, what Aaliyah's family situation was like prior to her becoming Aaliyah, mm -hmm. the, the, the star, the pop star. But um, I felt like, What, and I don't I hope I'm not I'm not over speaking or generalizing mm -hmm. or making assumptions. Um, but but to me, what came through, it was like everyone was just so desperate to get out of their situation. They saw R. Kelly as their big break. They were willing to sacrifice themselves or their children. And that so I'm glad I'm glad you said that. So that. That leads me to one of the points in our conversation about um, complicit adults. Um, and that can come in the form of friends, family, parents, co workers, employees. We saw this man get up on this, on this docuseries and say, I, she looked at me as if she wanted me to say something. And I wanted to say something, but I didn't. Instead, he assisted in forging the marriage license, getting the marriage, mm -hmm. facilitating the marriage license, and getting all of that that done under the table, and was there when the ceremony was happening. You are complicit, and you deserve to go to jail as well. I, I, I mean, I think this makes me think of like larger systems at play, right? Mm -hmm. So I think about how desperate people are just to not be broke yep. and to have importance exactly and status and fame. And so it makes me think of 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 ways that that black people, people of color, marginalized populations mm -hmm. have been beat down in this country. And they think that the only way that they can gain access to some level of of 
success or notoriety or fame or whatever it is that they are pursuing to get out of their current situation. They think that the only way that they have to do that is by, uh, you know, very limited avenues, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it be like entertainment, whether it be sports, a lot of people, I mean, we heard the girl Lizette, the girl Lizette, the girl Javante, mm-hmm. the background dancers, mm-hmm. um, even Sparkle looked at R. Kelly as their big break. This was my big break. Yep. And maybe Aaliyah's parents, I mean, I'm not going to speak for them because they didn't participate in the um, in the documentary. Um, but it just makes me think, like, that would have to be the only reason why you would sell your child out. Or why the, the you young would, lady, you, why the young, you the parents who fucked up. Sorry. No, no my bad. I, I talked over you. Uh-oh. No, like you yeah, the um yeah, the parents who the parents who currently uh haven't seen their child, mm-hmm. uh the Clary's mm-hmm. and then and then Joycelyn's parents, everybody said the same thing. Oh, they wanted they they allowed like the Clary's took their children to took their child to to a R. Kelly concert because mm-hmm. she wanted to sing. And he pulled them up um, on stage. You know what I'm saying? And I and I feel like this is why and I, I hate to say this. Cause I feel like um, I used to roll my eyes when my mother used to say it to me. Cause I remember being in sixth grade and wanting to be on a dance team or wanting mm-hmm. to sing in a gospel choir, and my mother having a problem with me doing that. And I was like, "Why?" But I'm good at these things. I can sing. I can dance. And she was like, "That's all they expect us to do." Mm-hmm. There are other opportunities at that school where you can learn skills and cultivate other talents that will have that will give you different kinds of access and I thought she was crazy because I was 12 years old and I, and I didn't understand what she was talking about but I I just feel and I and I, I I love to sing mm-hmm. I love music it's my gift I think God gave me music because he knew that would be my piece mm-hmm. right so I, I I I'm not at all faulting I know what it's like to cherish and love music and see it as a tool um, but I always, my mother was very intentional with me about making sure that that wasn't my only means, mm-hmm. you know, for coming up or leveling up in that way. So it just makes me think in terms of like, how are we going to get past this? What are things that we might be able to do to move forward? Perhaps it's having conversations with our, with our, with our daughters and sons mm-hmm. about, you know, just getting everyone to think more broadly about these things. Um, and really kind of not being so, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but we tend to be so um, focused in locally. And I think if we can get more broader global perspectives and start to see the ways in which our society was structured to keep us in these kinds of situations, exactly. then we might be, we might be able to, to find our way out. And I'm not saying I got the fix, right? I certainly don't. Cause I sat here watching this thing and I was deflated and defeated <laughs> and I, and, and, you know, just completely scared, like legit. I have had to pray intentionally each night after watching this, this docuseries and asking the Lord to help me to find a way to close my eyes and get a full night's sleep because I keep thinking about all of these things over and over again as they exist in my mind. And it's like, it's scary. This is scary stuff. It is. And I thought actually thought like I've thought about you because you're actually doing a lot of the work that we need. Um, because a lot of this is like an ingrained systemic, like impoverished mentality, right? It is. And, it is. And like you said, and it's abuse, it's, right? All that abuse and trauma that comes from 
being, you know, we, we went from slaves to, uh, you know, st- still being considered the substandard, sub, you know what I'm from saying? Subordinate books, like, you know what I'm education. saying? Like we, this is, this is, this is intentional. And I, I'm just thinking about this things thing in ways mm-hmm. uh, that help me understand it. Cause I feel like some level of understanding will give me some, some kind of hope. Cause I feel like if I can figure it out, and find the source and I can find a way to at least chip away at this big glacial iceberg of a problem. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a huge, that was a huge um, thing that I took away from that with fame and money and how it relates to systemic impoverished mentalities for black people. Um, and that is not at all. Let me just very, be very clear that it's not a, at all absolving these adults who were no. complicit in this in this situation. But like we said, this is not, we're not trying to fully recap that. We want to talk about some of these deeper issues that that exist with us and that are important for us to have. And this starts with us having conversations with our children. Like Kia said, as it, as it pertains to education, as it pertains to their futures and giving... As it pertains to them, to them and their self-esteem. Absolutely. And, and cultivating a sense of self-worth that it, that, that society is not, limited. is not gonna give them. It's gonna try yeah. to strip away. I mean, the onus is on us, mm-hmm. like, because they're not gonna do it. And I feel that way as a black woman. Like, I, the, I have, I have, and I'm gonna be real honest. Mm-hmm. I'm learning even through therapy and me kind of navigating life. I've learned that I have looked to men to validate me and affirm me in ways, mm-hmm. um, and have been disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling out all men. I'm speaking very specifically about certain men in my life. And it's just just like, you know, black women in every other sense. It's something that we've got to do ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, we cannot, unfortunately, sure, there are men who uh, lift up and affirm and celebrate black women. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they don't exist. But I'm saying that by and large, many of us don't have access or may not have access to those kind of men. And that's no fault of the men themselves, right? Men have are socialized to be the way that they are. So um, it's going to take time for us to really cultivate and develop a critical mass um, of, of healthy people mm-hmm. because we've been living in such trauma for generations. Um, but it's something that I'm going to have to do on my own. I'm going to have to do that work on our own. And I think it really, really... I'm unlearning things because unfortunately my father and other men in my life were not available. Not, I'm not even going to say not willing, not available, not capable uh, to, to cultivate that in me as a little girl. So I'm 36 years old and still trying to figure out how not to attach my value and worth um, in my relationships mm-hmm. with you know what I'm saying? And that's something that I own. And I know that might make me uh, pitiful and pathetic. Not at I, all. No. <laughs> I know that that, that, that you know, that, I'm, I may be, I may be hurt or whatever. That's honest and, and I'm, beautiful. I, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's but real. I'm, <laughs> but I'm just being honest. And I think that if, if we are that real, you know what I'm saying? We cannot fix a problem. We cannot solve a problem that we don't state. No. So you got to, we got to stand up in it. A lot of us are dealing with our own traumas. And I think if we come to a place where we can accept that trauma is trauma, regardless of whether or not who is responsible for the trauma owns the trauma yeah. or or owns up to 
the fact that they traumatized us, we got to own it and, and own that the trauma impact that has impacted us in ways. And we are responsible for changing and course correcting that behavior. I'm glad you said that because that was one huge issue that I that I had. And this is where I'm not understanding where these people who are um, speaking on behalf of him um, and are like advocating for him even, which is like crazy to see. Um, you do not get to, you know, we saw that he has a history of sexual trauma and he was a victim at a young age, uh, along with his brother mm -hmm. who admitted the same thing along with many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and you do not get to acknowledge that sexual trauma that happened to you and then turn around and put that on somebody else. And on top of that, in a gross, like broad and crazy manner like you said he's got an entire operation going and it's still going it has been going on for decades which mm -hmm. shows you that he is completely unapologetic there were so many nope. things that we saw in the documentary that showed that he is completely unapologetic about his actions but what i really had a problem with is you don't get to acknowledge your sexual trauma and use that as a manipulative tool to then traumatize other victims and then right. still claim to be a victim or people advocating on your behalf saying that you're a victim. You don't get to, it doesn't go that way. You don't get to do that. You don't get to acknowledge one thing and not the other. And that's what he's been doing is acknowledging his trauma and has never, even in his 19 minute song that I refuse to listen to, because I, I, I haven't listened to him in years at this point, but like I, I did read up on it a little bit just in trying to prepare for this show. Even in that, he still talks about his sexual trauma but he will not admit at all to what we all already know to what has been proven and don't and also the best the best thing i've seen on social media one of the best things that i've seen um as it, as it pertains to this is there are tons and tons and tons of ignorant ass people saying well he was acquitted well he was found out not guilty Somebody stepped up and said, George Zimmerman was also acquitted and found not guilty. Would you allow your black son to go hang around him? Fair. So why does the justice system get to work for you? Is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? It doesn't get to work <laughs> for you on one hand and then not work for you on another hand. It doesn't work like that. And this shows us how much... This shows us how much how ignorant we are and how black girls are not respected and are not loved by society and they're not protected. Like this is what shows that. And also like it's just the conditioning of how we teach our black girls and how we teach our black boys. It's problematic on both sides. How we how we um, respond to sexual trauma with black boys with with kids in general within the community that is a huge problem within families within small circles like that is a huge problem a lack of acknowledgement first and foremost of the trauma on these children I and I think I think you know um and in all fairness I think we have sweeping things under the rug is commonplace for black people absolutely That's just a, that's just as black as as greens and black IPs on New Year's Day, mm -hmm. right? So like that's it's what our practice is, and I think a lot of times it may it may have come from you know our incapacity to address things appropriately mm -hmm. in our situation. So like 
Um, if you think back in the day when, uh, you know, when your, when your grandmama, uh, when, your, when your grandmama, your grandmama's baby sister had a mental issue, mm-hmm. it's not like that they, ha- they had access to, to the proper health care. Yep. So they did what they could do in order to handle the situation, right? So it was a level of access that they had and they used what they had um, in order to get by. But as our conditions have changed as a people and as um, a- and as, you know, we've evolved, you know, as, in, in terms of access and, mm-hmm. and technology and and even, um, um, you know, affluence. Right. Because, you know, black people, there are those of us who are doing all right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, I wouldn't say by and large, you know, <laughs> but there yeah. are there is a there is a population of black people who are living well. Mm-hmm. And I can say that, you know, especially here in this area, um, in the DMV, there, most of us out in this area are doing all right. Now, I'm not going to say that there is no poverty because that's not true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there is a, a strong population of young, professional, um, upper middle class, middle class, upper middle class family mm-hmm. um, in this area. But I say all that to say, even as we have evolved in terms of our uh, material things and what we are able to pop, buy and purchase a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of those mindsets and traditions and conventional practice have not evolved in like mm-hmm. manner. Um, and and I think I hold a lot of our societal groups and you know um, different institutions responsible for that. Mm-hmm. I do because I think even in the church and I can, and I'm going to try to speak very carefully here, but even in the church, I feel like at some point we have kind of conflated the the use of things like forgiveness mm-hmm. with accountability, um, you know, or a, a lack of, of accountability mm-hmm. and forgiveness and grace and kind of use these things and throw them around all willy nilly when they mean very specific things. Um, and I, I say that to say we, to your point, we, the, the, the be, not being able to call out things, mm-hmm is really the source of our problem as far as I'm concerned. Not being able, not being willing to own things, carrying the shame behind it. We hide things, you know, when when when, even the teen pregnancy thing, like people talk about teen pregnancy, like it's something new. Homosexuality. No. You know what I'm saying? All of that. It just, it just wasn't as, as visible. I think technology has made things a lot more visible and we see how prevalent and pervasive things are. But I mean, let's be honest, like your, your um, grandma and them, they was getting knocked up too. (laughs) They was, you know, like it wasn't just, it just wasn't a a something that's happening in this generation. It's just, um, yeah, but I say all that to say, we, we got it. We have got to get to a point where we can have real conversations and not be afraid of having real conversations and calling things out as they happen, when they happen and saying, this is not right. This is wrong. Does not mean that I don't love you. Does not mean that we won't get through it. Does not mean that you are, you know, uh, just a horrible person, but, and, 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 uh, you know, above, you know, there's, there's no hope for you, but we have to, we have to call things out because you can forgive someone and still hold them responsible. Mm-hmm. You can forgive someone and, and require that they are accountable for their behaviors because that's that's what's decent. That's what's good. That is what is um, expected. And I know that that um, 
it's just it's something that we 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 I think that we've got to find ways to kind of get back to that because we have gotten away from it. All of the praying away and pleading the blood of Jesus. And I'm not going to say that I don't believe in that stuff because I do believe in prayer works and I do believe that there's still power in the blood of Jesus. But I also I also believe that um, God holds us accountable. So we have to hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just my position. I agree. Um, I absolutely agree. And I, I also am a firm believer in, um, you know, you can see heaven later, but I'm a bust that <laughs> ass now. Like, and I feel like, I feel like, you know, there is justice that it just has not been served. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, he's going to meet his justice and, and, that, and that's fine. But I'm really ready to see this nigga come to come because he is. I, also, I mean, just so proud. Like he's still. Yeah. <laughs> there's videos circulating of him ha having concerts overseas and telling people to get their shots and their paperwork and come live with him. And the like it is just gross and yeah. blatant. Toya sent me a Toya sent me a, a concert of him singing somewhere in Africa. Yes, telling, See, telling them, "Did you get your shots?" Are you 18? Are you, like, come and live with, with come and live with me. Like, Total what the fuck? This dude is not sorry for nothing. He's not sorry right. for and anything. And I, I think repentance is definitely required in, in, um, in uh, I don't want to say definitely required. So, like, can, can't we have forgiveness without repentance? No. Right. So... <laughs> So I think that is something that is, I talked about this on my Twitter all day long because some people were saying forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about letting go, all of that. And I'm not going to say that I disagree. I will say, I will say though, that I think that we look at these things in really simplified ways when there is a, some complexity involved. Um, I think that forgiveness is a, uh, so it may not be my right or my 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 uh my privilege or opportunity to forgive R. Kelly because R. Kelly has not done anything personally to me. Um so is it right for me to say that I forgive R. Kelly? Is it my place to forgive R. Kelly? I think that, that is the, that's that's you know for the people who he has harmed. Um and I can't but I can feel a way and I can call him out. Um I can call him out and I will because <laughs> what I don't what I, I mean I don't if, if I don't agree with what he's doing um and, and I don't think that that has anything to do with like uh compassion or or, or showing a, a lack of empathy it's no. not about that I, I think it's more about uh like we say all the time like um apologies don't absolve you absolve you from your responsibility nope. and and in this case ain't no apologies been issued not one and and i don't even know <laughs> on i don't even know what kind of apology could make up for the decades of just like inflammatory like crazy ass behavior i don't know what could make up for that i don't know what kind of apology he could issue but he has not issued one he has not admitted anything and that is a problem. I, yeah. I don't think it's fair that we we can't acknowledge that people do horrible things. Um, and that's where, like, black people love to say, oh, white people don't love, love, love don't like to be uncomfortable. White people don't like to be uncomfortable. Let's be very clear. Neither do we. But neither do we. 
We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about shit that needs to be talked about. We don't like to sit down and discuss issues and how we can break break those cycles. When there's molestation and sexual abuse within families, we sweep those things under the rug. When family members come out as gay, we act as if they don't exist or like they've created the, 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 I don't know, like they're the second coming to Satan. Like it's just so many issues and we just don't want to talk about it. We just don't want to talk about it. And not talking about and it is where not has doing that gotten us? It has gotten right. Us that nowhere. has not gotten us anywhere. So I I just feel like we just need to get into a place. Only way we're going to move forward is if we own uh, that this is the issue. And it's not about place and blame. And it's not about, Woo. I'm tired of the comparison. I'm, ti- I'm tired of the comparison. Well, they didn't call out Donald Trump. I'm tired well, of it. they didn't call out Hugh Hefner. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Listen. Listen, they don't have nothing to do with me (laughs) or nothing to do with. I mean, and I guess you could say this don't have nothing to do with with me either. But I'm just saying we can go back and forth. So that's saying because they're wrong, we should should just let the wrong flourish. No, like we're not like we will talk about them. Don't worry. We will like we will get to them. But right now we need to address this nigga and we're not getting ready to let this nigga get another pass when he has gotten so many of them because we want to start talking about somebody else. No, we're going to talk about everybody. But we, we're going to talk about everybody. You, can't, you cannot keep starting new stories and not finishing the last one. So we need you. The stakes are too high. That you got to the bring them all high. down. And that includes him. That in, And it's in like it's been a laughing matter for people. I, it's been so much victim blaming. I'm so like at this point, I personally don't even want to use the term fast ass little girl anymore. I don't even want to use that term anymore because it has been used so wrong. Like. You all are blaming. It's been used wrong all It really has. Like, and it's just dumb. Because, I mean, and we've never had an opportunity. And what, what troubles me, I'm sorry, uh-huh. I cut you off. But what, what pisses me off is that so many of us have never had a say in the matter. Nope. Now, I, me, virginal, me who's never seen a penis, like when she was when she's 13 years old, don't know nothing about penis. I was called fast just by virtue of the way that my body was naturally shaped. Just the way that, you know, just the way that God built me. Everybody, yo, you got to watch. You're going to have to watch that one. You're going to have to cover that one up. Just by the way that I was naturally shaped. So it's the way that we, and and, and that's, you know, people, I heard people say that about me. So if it, if it was, what you know, what does that tell me about my value or how people see me? They've never given me a chance to identify myself, but always held me to, to what they perceived of me. You sexualized my body. I did not. Yeah. So I think in order for us to get to a place where we, um, maybe, maybe it starts here. Cause I've been saying, what are we going to do? That's what I had in the notes. Like, what do we do from here? Maybe it starts here. Maybe it starts with us having these conversations and getting mad enough to say something. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if nothing else, I'm not gonna let nobody else. Uh, I'm not gonna let nobody else disrespect another little girl on my watch. No, not on my watch, even if I don't I'm know. Not the gonna, girl. I'm not gonna do and it. That even if I don't know members, her, that includes older people that I come in contact with. We have to start calling everybody out for the bullshit because people will never be educated. They will never be it, educated every, if we don't call it out. Everywhere we go. And it doesn't even have to be blatant or outright. Sometimes you just got to let people know. I have a practice because, yeah. you know, all creepy niggas are not limited to to certain places, right? Creepy niggas are everywhere. everywhere. And creepy niggas are also in the church. So there's this young, there's a, there's a, there's, you be the name. We all know that there are creepy men in the church. So many of them. There's a creepy man at the church a couple of years ago. I don't really see him around as much 
now. But, you know, he always has had really lingering, lingering stares mm-hmm. when it came to, you know, certain, you know, younger girls oh, no. in his vision line. Mm-hmm. And I would always make sure that I made eye contact with that nigga. Like, <laughs> like right. uh, if I would see him looking like, you know, like sizing up the younger mm-hmm. girls and I would catch eyes with him. And just nod my head like, I know what you're doing and I think you're gross and I want you to stop. Like, <laughs> And it got to the point where he got uncomfortable around Good. me. That's right. Good. So I'm not saying, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, and that might be small, but I'm just thinking like, what are, what are some things? No, we, we start, start calling having that shit out when niggas are being creepy. We got to start them having being creepy. Like, stop blaming victims. Stop. You cannot blame a younger girl. You cannot blame a younger boy. You cannot blame a younger person for, for, um, you, you, you can't hold them accountable the same way you're going to hold a 30-year-old accountable. Like, predators are predators are predators. Men, women, Black China, predator. R. Kelly, predator. Mm. Like, these are mm. predators at this point. They mess, with, they mess with kids. Legal or not, they mess with children. And it's gross. And you got to call niggas like that out. Call niggas out when they're saying problematic shit. Let them know why they're wrong. Um, you know, I'm, I've seen the narrative a lot about, you know, girls not be, being places they didn't have no business being. What are you saying to me right now? I mean, I feel like we've all can say that we've been someplace. That we didn't have no business. Been. Be, does that mean that I deserve to be raped yeah. or I deserve to be manipulated emotionally, physically, sexually? Does that mean like they don't a, a, a 16, 17, 15 year old girl d- a 15, 16, 17-year-old does not have the same mental capacity as a 27-year-old. You cannot hold them to the same standard. It's, it's just, it doesn't work like that. And I, I think it's sad that it's just heartbreaking that we live in, because like, I feel like that's known, right? We are all grow up and in the developmental stages of life, like we learn as we go. Yeah. So anyone who has been, who is 27, who has been 17, knows that when they were 17, they know a lot less than they did when they were, when they were uh, 27. But I, I just think it's so sad that we live in a society that, that does not protect children. That does not protect children, but rather will, will pray, and explo- pray upon and exploit the lack of experience and 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 um, exposure that a child might have, mm-hmm. and use that for their own personal selfish gain. Yep. And it's it's sad that we live in, but knowing that we have to take responsibilities to do what we can in the ways that we can. And for me, it's even as small it's even as small as is trying to spread the words to tell younger girls that you can say no, because yep. that was another thing that really broke my heart. Mm-hmm. All of the and I've been there, but all of the women that that you know shared their stories said that R. Kelly told them to do something, and they were like, and they okay, did it because, because they Kelly. didn't know how to say no, yeah. or they they thought they didn't want him to be disappointed, or they didn't. And many of them had, you know, I mean, even if it's as small as that, yep. and even if they wanted to, it's just not. That doesn't make it right. No, we no, we have to. We have to. We have to to let people know that they don't have to. They don't have to do things that they that that they don't want to do, or maybe if they want to do things, maybe they should consider. It's just more about empowering 
empowering um, young women and helping them to see themselves differently and think not not just in terms of the right now, but in the future and, and think about themselves and their decisions as far as what is this going to mean for me? later on it's it's empowering and it's teaching and it's properly teaching our young people in general like young boys um young boys don't who because there are a i mean the numbers are ridiculous of young men who have also been um sexually abused and they a, a great portion of them don't believe that they were sexually abused because of how we look at young boys versus how we look at young girls. But it's abuse because they are children. It is abuse because they are underage. And we have to start teaching young boys about their value, teaching young girls about their value, teaching young boys how to properly value young girls, what consent is, consent between two persons. We have to teach both sides about consent. Like, it's just... It's a lot of educating. We need to teach young boys that it's okay for them to express their emotions. We need to teach young girls, like you said, that they are valuable. They are able to say no. Like, I just feel like there's so much on both sides that needs to be taught in order for us to come to, I don't know, I don't know, come to what? to, to Just to value black, black children in general. Well, we just, yeah, we have to do better. And I was listening to um, when Charlemagne was on T.D. Jake's podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about his book, mm -hmm. his book. And T.D. Jake something, said something to him that kind of punched me in my stomach when he was talking about how victims of... So Charlemagne was sharing how he struggled with kind of like valuing himself and never really feeling good enough and really being um, affected by how people perceived him and what they thought of him and how that shaped... Um, his self-esteem and how he felt like he always had to work to kind of earn people's attention and earn their um, their love mm -hmm. in that way. And T.D. Jake said, children who are molested or touched at, a, at an early age never feel worthy. Mm. And he said that to Charlemagne, a man. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing applies for women. Mm -hmm. And I think that we just need to, I wonder if there is a way, and maybe this is something that we can continue to talk about on the show. I wonder if there is a way that we can start crafting these conversations and broaching these conversations um, with families. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, among families and family structures and, and friends groups and just how can we find ways to just kind of talk about this stuff and get it out in the air? Because if we don't, we are leaving our children to be raised by 21 Savage. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I, like, I, <laughs> every time I see his face, he looks confused. Do you want him raising oh. your child? I would think not. Listen, we can continue to talk about this forever and ever. I'm telling you, this know, is what he like looks we like every time we I honestly see him. Just <laughs> he looks like this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody just called him. Like, huh? huh? <laughs> every Bless time but um we gotta value our, we gotta, we gotta value our own. little black black and brown and we gotta value our kids man we gotta teach them we gotta value ourselves we gotta value ourselves so that we, we can work teach our children to value themselves yes we gotta we gotta work through whatever it is that may be uh limiting or impacting the way that we think about ourselves because that self-work is what's really going to help make sure that we're shaping future generations and what are ways that we can continue to have these conversations among sister friends, amongst, uh, 
you know, our relationships, yeah. you know, with our, with people that we're dating, how can, you know, in, in our families, like I tried to have a conversation with my mother and she didn't want to watch it. But I feel like it's something that we need to talk about. Sometimes and I can I tell that like she was uncomfortable. Sometimes I force these conversations, actually. Right. Especially right. if there's, like, issues within your family. I feel like some sometimes we need to force the actual conversations. Um, you know, and like like we said, call them out. We got to call out. We got to call. We, so that, and then the call out is not to fight. It's not to argue. It's not to debate. But it's for us. For, it's for understanding. It's for people to understand where we're coming from um and it can't happen if we're if we're just not talking about it so we won't be able to we won't be able to undo the patriarchy no <laughs> we won't be able there's to so address. much to undo yeah we won't be able to address these larger systems and structures if we don't name them and talk about them and talk about them in ways in the ways that they impact our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. right it's not anything that's way off in the distance it's not anything that's out of our reach the things, the history in this country has really shaped the way that we are right now. And we have to own that and think about ways that we can empower ourselves as individuals and as groups to do something about it. Absolutely. And that's why I really respect, you know, I really respect what Dream Hampton and, and everyone did in the development of this documentary. You can choose to agree with it. You can think it's baloney or bull if you want to. I think that it met its objectives in giving the women who had stories to tell a place and a platform to, t- to tell their stories. Absolutely. And um, I, I mean, and you know, you can talk about production if you want. There may be things that you agree with, you don't agree with, people who appeared you may not agree with or don't agree with. But if we can stop focusing on those small things and all of, you know, all of that, that really is not was is not should not be the subject of conversation and focus on the issues behind why this is happening and focus on the victims ask each other questions instead of pointing the finger try to find out other people's viewpoints and where they're coming from and why they feel like you we need to we need some kind of understanding but we need to focus on the big picture focus on the bigger picture and that's the protection of our children and um yeah, and trying to grow and evolve as a people. And lock this nigga up because I'm so ready for him to go. He's got to go. We got work to do, y'all. Lots of work to do. With that being said, let's move on to the honesty box because we definitely could keep going. There's so many bullet points we have, but um yeah, you can check out the uh you can check out we'll and we'll make sure we post it in the description box. Um the viewers guide, even if you choose not to watch the documentary. Uh, for Girls for Gender Equity. We'll make sure we post the link in the description box so you can check that out yourself because they have some some good things going and they're, they're, yeah, it's something that you definitely should look into. Honestly? Truly. It is time for the Honesty Box. Um, we're, Let's start off with a pseudonym so we don't forget to give her one. Um, and, and Angela. Angela, okay. Praise the Lord, niggas. My name is Angela. Uh, now that I'm done with formalities, let's get to the mess. Insert Birdman hand rub. Ooh, messy. I love a Birdman hand rub. So I work in a very small office with four other women, and I enjoy almost everything about my job except one thing. My coworker. We'll call her Messica. (laughs) She's a (laughs) half-decent person, but she's extremely negative and pessimistic in every single possible way you could imagine. 
She literally never has anything nice to say unless it's about her youngest son or something she's doing and wants to brag about it. And your girl is fed up. Y'all, this lady will legit find something negative to say about anything you can possibly think of. And she does this daily. Daily! It's to a point where other co-workers are complaining about her and our managers don't seem to care, honestly. It's also getting really hard to stop myself from telling her to shut the fuck up when she starts going on her dark rants and also drains me emotionally. I'm not exactly sure how to go about this matter without possibly offending her or causing any friction in my work environment. Any mm -hmm. advice you ladies have would be greatly appreciated. I really don't want to have to kill this lady. Love you lots and thanks for all that you two are doing through your work. Peace and blessings, Angela. Mm. No power. Um. Uh. Um. <laughs> so she's... <laughs> I'm struggling. You have to recap for me a little bit. Uh, so she works with a negative saying, Nancy. Who, okay. Who, who literally has nothing but negative things to say all day long. All the time. About every right. single thing under the sun. Um, okay. And she's trying not to lose her shit. All her coworkers <laughs> notice it. The managers don't seem to care. So she's trying to figure out a way how to handle it in a dignified manner. I just feel like this might be a wonderful time to really just uh, do apply... To use the is this my business assessment tool yeah um well from what it sounds like i guess if they have close interaction and they're communicating quite often and this lady has comments to say about what somebody else is like what she's saying if if it's not toward you or about you like he has said mind your business well i just feel like we often I know for me, I often find myself getting like when I'm annoyed with somebody and I'm really, really annoyed with them. And, you know, if they're not doing something directly to mm -hmm. me, but just like something about me, something about them annoys me. <laughs> I tend to to take a step back and be like, so what is this really about? Like, why are you really bothered? Um, because typically there's a route <laughs> to to. um whatever my disdain is and it may or may not even have anything to do with that person um so i say that that might that might be something that you can do but if 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 that's not the case and if this is something that just this person constantly just saying negative things around you i think um i think there is you're well within your right to kind of erect a boundary like okay girl if I've noticed that this is something mm -hmm. that you do. Um, and I'm letting you know now that it just grates my last good nerve. I'm going to ask you if you can refrain, you know, when you're around me to just like keep all that <laughs> to yourself. I would, um, um, you know, if all your coworkers have noticed it, she might not even realize it. You know what I'm saying? And she probably got some other shit going on, which is why she's so bitter. It may be like a what's wrong, right? Like, like, and I would is this? I would do, do you that. care? I'm, if you care enough, right? If you care enough about her, I mean, she said the you, lady's a you, half decent person, right? So I mean, it could just be a conversation. Right. Like, we've noticed this. Is there something? Is everything okay? Is there something you want to talk about? Is how can we be helpful? Like, find a way to, um, you know, get to the bottom of it, whatever yeah. it is, and then if there's a way to to move forward in a in a productive way, um, then maybe that's that's something that you guys can identify together. But if all that conversation is 
either not possible or not useful, I do feel like you'd be like, you, it's okay for you to say, uh, I don't want to hear. If this is what you're going to do. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. If this is what you're going to do, uh, miss me with it. I could, I, I, I would go that approach. I would ask her if anything is wrong. And if she actually, like, if, if she don't want to talk about it, then I would let her know. It's okay, so bust it. Um, We work in a small environment. You know, I, I guess don't speak on behalf of other people. Let them speak for themselves. But you could say, I've noticed that you speak very negatively about so many things. And at this point in time, I just, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm honest with you, but I also am not trying to create an environment of like dissension or, or you know, make this thick air or anything but mm -hmm. you're draining it's draining me it's literally <laughs> draining me that you never have anything positive to say and it, you could be making her aware she might not even have any clue that that that's how she's coming off like you you don't know until you have a conversation so i will first ask her how everything's going and then from there have a real honest conversation, just like we talked about in the kitchen table talk. It's time to start calling some shit out. <laughs> and like if it's if it's not part of the mind your business ministry, if it does directly affect you, call it out shit. But there's a way to do it. And I think that you can do it in a peaceful manner. And it might be something a lot of times when people are doing things, they don't even realize they're doing them. True. They don't even realize it. And sometimes it takes somebody else to bring it to their attention. So let us know how it goes. <laughs> Um, you can continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And we will move right along to these petty peeps because this, this episode is lengthy. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. Oh, it's petty peeve time. It's time to put the petty on parade. Um, my petty peeve is another. It's part of my bodega chronicles. Oh boy! So went to the bodega go to go get what I get, and um, I am sifting through my selection. I have to choose my things individually. So, so I'm talking to the dude behind the counter or whatever. But I always step to the side because I'm like, if I'm taking my time, then somebody else can go and pay for their stuff. So I wave this dude along and I'm like, Papa, go ahead. You can go. Like, I'm I'm, I'm taking my time. Oh, uh -huh. he's like, I like the way you call me Poppy. Yeah. I said, first and foremost, I didn't call you Poppy. I called you Papa, which is a general nickname for niggas. Would you like me to call you nigga? <laughs> and he's like, no, but you can call me Poppy again. I was like, all right. You can go. Like, <laughs> you can <laughs> You can actually just stop talking to me at this point. Like I was like, I just, I put my head down and continued to look at what I was looking at. And I was like, mm -mm. and every time I said, mm -mm, this nigga kept talking, he's like, oh no, yes. And I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> and I was disgusted. I was absolutely disgusted. And then I got on FaceTime with my sis as I walked home. But that's my petty peeve this week. Just niggas who don't know how to take a clue or a hint. They're way too, they're way too form, they're way too like in my space. Y'all, like niggas, I need y'all to take a clue. When somebody don't want to talk to you and they're not giving you that energy, walk away. Walk away. Cause there's somebody else in this world who will give you the energy that you are looking for, but it ain't here. That's my Bodega Chronicles. 
petty peeve this week. What's your petty peeve? Um, I don't really have one. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna pull one together. Okay. Oh, um, I, I okay. Here we go. I don't like um. This is gonna be really, really, really stupid. <laughs> so, um, maybe not though. So, I have like it's around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the kids get gifts around Christmas, right? Because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We give children gifts. So there's there's this um. Given our conversation last week when we talked about North and this red lip mm-hmm. and just letting kids be kids, I I feel I feel like I see many many more kids with like phones, oh, and and iPads mm-hmm. and access to like, and I just know maybe I'm just coming off of watching this uh, R Kelly <laughs> docu series and just watching the news every day and thinking about all of the the ways that these crazy human traffickers are gaining access to our loved ones. And I'm just wondering if we are just getting a little too, uh, I don't know. Rely on why, why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like why, why do seven and eight year olds have whole phones that they, with like numbers, like they can text. No, that's and weird. FaceTime. That's weird. I know a lot of people give kids phones for uh, emergencies and and so forth and so on. Um, I just I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe it's coming from, like maybe I'm old school or something. You don't need that much access. There's way too much access out here for children to be having that much freedom. And furthermore, like it's this habit of electronics with kids. Like they are obsessed. We have to. <laughs> we have to wildly limit Noah's um like screen time I I we make sure like she can't watch tv on school nights you know what I'm saying like you're not about Mm -hmm. to be sitting up on the iPad or the iPhone every time you need to be distracted um and I really we really try to make sure that we like have her doing other things that keep her busy painting drawing yoga playing with her toys and and let's be very clear here she's just like your little rugrats where she loves to watch those weird ass fucking (laughs) videos of kids playing with toys or grown-ups playing with toys and i hate (laughs) every last bit of it i think it is mind control and i don't trust it (laughs) you know so i fully fully sympathize with all of the parents out there who deal with the same thing with these weird ass fucking videos and the in the and the adults who make those videos I'm watching you because these videos are strange like I understand that you're getting paid buku dollars but I just the videos are weird and there's like a real like culty little theme to them and I don't like it hmm. anyway limit your kids screen time like, just go back Maybe to the... that's not even a petty piece, <laughs> but I just think that it just makes me... It's more of a question. Like, why so much? 
Why is I think it's laziness sometimes. I know like, a lot of times scared? parents are busy and like we, but we live in such a digital age. And I think sometimes it's laziness. Like sometimes kids, people just are busy and they don't want to deal with certain things. So like, hey, take the phone. And I've been guilty. <laughs> I have been guilty, which is why I can say it. But I recognize the the long lasting effects of how you know of what that can have on her, and I don't want her growing up as one of these little weirdos. Like I don't want that. Like I want her to be a well rounded kid. I, we didn't have access to that that many electronics and that much technology and this much internet. Like we didn't have that that kind of access growing up, and so I'd love for her mm-hmm. to be able to have a lot of organic interactions and learning experiences and things like that not be so behind where you don't know what's going on in your time but like we gotta we gotta we gotta limit that shit because it's weird i'm sorry i totally took over your petty beef (laughs) no it's fine because i told you i really didn't have like i didn't feel like i had like a, a real one just something that i noticed like I was in Target and like all the children were just like zoomed mm-hmm. in. Like yeah. and I guess the I guess the alternative would be them like running around the store and raising hell. I think I'd rather that almost. Just because I they did, look like a little, I was just, they look like children of the corn. I'm just like, guys, what in the world? <laughs> like I'm like, hello. It's a little apple cold. Um <laughs> uh, Oh, I will and another this is oh what? <laughs> This is funny. I meant to say this during the trash, but, you know, given the government shutdown, I saw a funny meme today mm. that was like tr- the only the only uh, wall Trump going to have to worry about is a wall around the White House if this shutdown mess with these tax returns. Listen, I did hear that the IRS is still going to issue tax returns even with the government shutdown. And I feel bad for all the people who work for the IRS. That means they're going to be working for nothing. Y'all are working for nothing. I feel bad for TSA. I feel bad for everybody who is affected by this, except for the people who voted for Trump. The people (laughs) who voted for Trump, y'all can starve. But everybody else... I feel bad bad for TSA. I feel bad for TSA. And I I feel bad for everybody who is affected by this. Like, this is bullshit. It's getting ready to affect food stamps and people getting their food stamps. Like, this is really affecting families. But maybe it will will teach a lesson Mm -hmm. to you idiots out there who voted for this man who made you believe that you are on the same level, that you guys are on the same level financially. This man told you some crazy ass story about how his daddy loaned him, gave him his first loan of $1 million. And y'all think you are the same? Yo, you deserve to eat like wish sandwiches. But anyway. uh, (laughs) That is another episode of Getting Grown. Uh, yes, it certainly is. We know this was a heavy episode, and we fully understand if it's, if you need to take some time to unpack. And like, we are all feeling real heavy at, during this time. But hopefully, you know, it'll just lead to us being able to have some larger conversations and lead to us being able to make some sort of change for our future generations, where they can deal with a lot less of this. Um, you know, and and a predator is going to be a predator, but hopefully, you know, we can put some systems in place to not allow that that type of behavior to flourish uh, as frequently as it has in the past and as it is now. But um, with that being said, we thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find all of the information in the description box. Do you have any closing announcements, sis? 
I do not. I thank you all for your patience. I know that this was a rough episode. Um, it was hard for us too. We we did want to talk about it though, because yeah. I felt like I got lots of tweets and DMs. Yeah. Are you guys gonna talk about it? Are you gonna talk about it? And it's heavy stuff. We're still processing and figuring it out as well. As always, please jump in the comments or in our respective uh mentions um <laughs> with your two cents. Yeah. Um and we can continue to have the conversation. We'll we'll be thrilled to continue to to discuss this because like we said it's something that we're going to have to keep on talking yeah it's ongoing and there's so many factors and facets to it but we just we don't have the time (laughs) we don't have the time to be able to cover all of it but in the meantime drink your water so that you can hydrate your body Mm -hmm. moisturize your skin absolutely and continue to uh mind your business right Because your black will crack if it's dry and nosy. Adios. Bye. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.